really tired right now. He's going on his uh, 13th hour awake. He's so he's so tired. He's so here's a, the he's drinking a Red Bull. So here's the story. It's 9.25 p.m. on a Friday night. So it's not like I got work in the morning. But um, last night, I um, I accidentally drank a $16 bottle of sake. Accidentally. Um, I accidentally did it. Um, I'm, I have a very low tolerance to alcohol. So it knocked me on my butt. And I woke up with a very bad headache and I felt like shit and I slept on and off almost all day wow Um, wow so I don't know really why I'm doing this (laughs) it doesn't really make any sense but um it's what I'm doing little little hair of the dog is that that what it's called when you need something to pick you up after you've been partying too hard, you partied too hard, man. You 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 were too busy getting sake, get sake bomb right in your mouth. You were, yep. you're just going to you went you went a little bit too hard. Yep, I did. Uh, gotta gotta admit it. Um, but anyway, this is episode nineteen of the Losing Track podcast. I'm your host. Mm-hmm. Brandon Boozer, along with mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the other guy, the other host, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Byron Byron Nelson the third. That's me. Uh, redacted. You can't uh, the third. That the, that'll be edited out. Me, him saying it, and me saying it. That part has to stay confidential. I can't have uh, anyone knowing. All right. If you're serious about that, you gotta let me know. Yeah. Yeah. Cut this too. Okay. cut this of, of you but keep like keep everything besides me saying cut this and the third just bleep um bleep those parts out and then so right now people will hear this except for right now when i say the third and they'll hear this but then not third because this part has to be not in there so it will be fun and um yeah it's just because witness protection is such a it's a you know it's 2021 i gotta stay safe on all fronts um i only got the first vaccine shot so far so yeah byron is in witness protection program his current identity is not his true identity um no he was witness to a murder in 2014 um back when murder was still legal it is legal now actually to kill someone um but uh he hasn't really been like grandfathered into anything um yeah it's still kind of a sore situation the only thing i'm grandfathered into is my uh data plan with my cell phone provider yeah um and that's what the the two movies that we're talking about today that what that's what they're actually about they're actually about their period pieces about when it was illegal to kill people Hmm. i think this is kind of true yeah both movies do involve killing yeah Um, um but we'll get into that later. Um, yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Uh, Byron, what's up, dude? Not much, not much, bro. What's up, um, what's up dude? Uh, just a lot of... Uh, of uh, kind of, I don't know. Like, today, uh, today at work, I got in and 
there's just there's a big pile of up dog on my desk oh yeah yeah uh-huh must have been surprising uh, <clears throat> yeah it was <laughs> um yeah it's been it's been one i'm ready to not be at work for the next few days and um just relax i've just been cruising along here um i know that of course brandon you're so you're very very excited for the for the six hour um black and white dark gritty reboot of the justice league is it in black and white all the all the photos i've seen are in black and white no it's not in black and white damn but yeah, the today's the big day. Today's the day that um, Zack Snyder gets to do his thing again. And uh, congratulations to the guy. I mean, from what I understand, he's he's uh, he's he's. There's no one ever has anything bad to say about him as a person. Like he's, he seems to just like be a genuinely nice director. Like the worst thing that has come out about him is that when Superman dies in one of his movies he told the extras to look like 9-11 happened. Um, that's that's the worst thing that anyone can dig up about. It's not even bad. <laughs> no, it's not bad. bad at all. Well, I mean, uh, like, he... Because, uh, look, if we had if we had a Superman and he died, I mean, that'd probably be worse than 9-11, right? Yeah, remember when <laughs> died? Oh, yeah, well, I gotta bleep that out, too. <laughs> yeah, but just the part when I said... Um, because then people will say, who did he say? It'll be like that Eminem song, uh, like Toy Soldiers, when there's that line that's edited out, even in the uh, explicit version. People go, what is he talking about? Um, like, uh, and, uh, Bill Murray know, whispering into Scarlett uh, Johansson's ear and lost in translation. Yeah, 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 that's true. It'll be the no, same thing, and then we'll get a lot of attention. It'll be great. No, I heard I I know what he said. I heard he said, What what was my line? <laughs> but they just kept it in because they didn't want to like they he thought that it kind of was beautiful in a way. Um Bill Murray, let me say something about Bill Murray. Bill Murray is the guy who for some reason I'm now getting targeted Instagram ads for his golf company. William Murray Clo- Golf Inc. LLC clothing co. Um, I don't know why because I don't golf. I don't really. We know like... why. No, we don't. Yes, we do. No, we don't. Why? Because I like. Because you have the same name as a famous golfer. Oh, that's true. I have the same name as a famous golfer. Redacted. Redacted. Um. <laughs> yeah, my real name is Tiger Woods. Actually, it's Phil Mickelson. Um. Actually, it's Arnold Palmer. Um. But I is that really grounds for me to get targeted ads for William Murray Golf? Because I, I've noticed that, like, sure, Instagram ads are always often weird and social media is a disease. Um, but for the most part, it's like my phone has just been listening to me and they figure out what I'm talking about and they give me an ad for it. Like if I talk about eating um, low calorie ice cream, they give me an ad for this Swedish ice cream that's like 90 calories per serving, which happens. Um I one time uh, mentioned, I think, to to my wife, uh, something about one of the Halloween movies or like Evil Dead movies, and I go in and I have an ad for like an Evil Dead blanket. It's just, 
Yeah. Um, I've never talked about William Murray Golf Company LLC Incorporated until right now. And I wonder if now, if I open it, if I'll have even, even more ads. I had a weird one the other day. I was helping, um, helping my mother-in-law move and she bought wings. She bought Buffalo Wild Wings for everybody. And uh, later that night, I got an ad for Buffalo Wild Wings, which I never see. Which I guess is probably not that out of the ordinary, but I, like, I don't see those very often. It was weird. Yeah, I saw it the same day. It's still weird. Hours and hours later. This is great content for a movie podcast. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Speaking of movies, so uh, the Snyder Cut. It's here's out. one right. Okay, wait. Here's one right here. I'm not kidding. I just opened it up. One right here for for all for all types of William Murray. Like, and they mostly just sell like shitty stuff like this, like mm-hmm. um like shirts with like references to bill murray movies which i don't really understand and then like a hat um i don't think you'd ever wear this golfing no i don't think so do they have like um do they have like uh like a shirt that references like broken flowers no they don't go for any of the gym um i'm gonna say his name jarmish let's say right jarmish that's how i say it they don't have any of that stuff but they have this like bootleg ghostbusters shirt um which is kind of funny uh and sad but movies yeah you just said something about movies uh yeah so movies Zack Snyder cuts out um the consensus is that's actually pretty good uh not gonna say more about it I can't believe I cannot believe I I'm it's not not for you it's just I mean I mean honestly I mean it's not right yeah that's it's just not it's just not it's just not your thing so it's just not for you. I, but I like, I think that's what just annoys me is like, I like Batman. Like, I love Batman. I loved Batman when I was younger. My favorite, my favorite superhero. Uh, it's so lame to be like, my favorite superhero. They don't make the movie for me. But <laughs> it's just, it's not for me. Like, I hate a Batman versus Superman. I haven't had a problem with really any other Batman movie that's come out uh, in my lifetime. And did you watch the, did you see it in theaters? Or did you see the extended version of it? I watched, I watched both. I watched the initial cut and I hated it. And then I watched the director cut because you were like, the director cut actually makes it a much better movie and people are afraid to admit it. You said, I didn't say people you were said, afraid you said, to admit you it. Said, I think society is just afraid to come to the understanding that BVS is a good movie. And this is actually why trump and COVID happened because no one could agree and i said brandon that's insane and you got pissed at me um you blocked me on fucking facebook for like two weeks um doomsday is COVID. yeah you were really mad about it and um yeah i don't know and it just uh, i don't know i don't know just don't I, watch I, it then. How but about you? Wa- you watch it because you'll watch it. You yeah. like you. You watch these things. You've seen. I'm drinking DCs. a Red Bull. I'll probably be up for the next seven hours. I'll probably yeah. put it on when we're done. Yeah, you've seen the DCs, and so you tell me if it's you tell me what part I can watch. I even like even if I was interested, it's it's four hours long. Like, break it up into two days. Two days. What is this? What is it? What is this? The Irishman. No, it's longer than the Irish. It's longer okay? than the Irish. It's gonna take three days. Um, and how am I supposed to watch Zack Snyder 
movie film on HBO Max when I just found out my favorite movie theater chain in the world, AMC Theaters, is opening 98% of its theaters again. I want to watch it there. Sell me ticket to sit four hours at AMC. Buy 10 popcorns. Nachos. I got to stimulate the movie economy again. You do. You see this news, by the way? This is real. I'm not making this up. No, I didn't. AMC's is opening. (laughs) Um, but the thing is, the AMC at, at the mall here, Milwaukee Mayfair Mall, it, it was open two weeks ago. Really? Yeah, I walked by it. There were like 20 people in line to see a movie. And all I could think was, I hope they're not all going to the same theater. Um, yeah, uh, I know they opened up in California. California. Yeah, of course. <laughs> he wants them out there. He said, "New Terminator." California is bankrupt. California, California. New character. I have guy who thinks that Arnold Schwarzenegger is still the governor of California. Go to the movies. COVID shot. <laughs> Popcorn bucket. <laughs> That's it. Look at my donkey. I hang out with him by the spa or whatever people. Right, like people are like Arnold Schwarzenegger and his donkey are just everything today, giving me all the feels. Buzzfeed.net. This is some really good stuff, guys. Yeah, it's great. This um, is topical. <laughs> one, one more thing I'll say on the Snyder Cut: it is just very, uh, it's just very nice that God, this uh, is starting to feel like four hours. <laughs> <laughs> that Joss Whedon really ruined that movie. And then it got canceled, and now yeah, like it's, I'm glad. And now it's been recut, and he's just getting like it's just so clear that he really fucked it up completely. And uh, that's just really nice. He, uh, everyone turned on him just like that. It's good. good. I'm glad. I- I'm very glad because this isn't the first time that he's had like allegations against him, right? Like this happened. No. Yeah. This well, happened a few months ago. Um. Yeah. Fuck that guy. Yeah, he can eat shit. So anyway, yeah. Byron, um, you been watching anything lately? What have you been watching? What's uh, hmm, let's think. What's here. been on your um, what's been on your mind? So lately, TV. Anime. TV. What's up? Oh, I have a TV. Anime. Hmm. Anime. So for anime, I guess uh, I. I've just been watching what I always watch, which everyone who listens is, of course, following. Everyone who listens to this obviously follows seasonal anime. They know that we're getting to the end of the winter season. So everyone knows that we're getting close to uh, the hit show of the season, in my opinion. Wonder Egg Priority is ending. It only has, I think, two episodes left. We're really excited to see what happens here. What's what's the truth behind these eggs? What are these girls actually fighting for? I think that we're actually seeing that actually start to um, be explored. And we're kind of seeing the horror behind what they've been working toward. Uh, and of course, everyone knows that uh, another show this season just ended and a sequel was announced. This was the reboot of the Higurashi series. Higurashi no Nakukoro ni Go. It's over. And the sequel will be coming out in July. I'm sure every single listener is very excited to see what is happening in Hinamizawa at the Academy. We're going to see the future. 
of the curse uh and that's really it oh and then uh the volleyball guys that's wrapping up the 2.43 the volleyball boys is wrapping up and uh let's see what else uh cells at work is wrapping up um vlad love just all got mamaru oshi the director of urusei yatsura the uh first the second film beautiful dreamer he directed most of the series he directed ghost in the shell um he created ghost in the shell he worked on pat labor uh everyone know every listener already knows this i'm just retreading ground that we all are aware of uh vlad love his new comedy romance series uh just got dumped on Crunchyroll about two weeks ago the last six episodes i'm trying to catch up on that um and that's it for anime uh we'll move on to american television Mm -hmm. um hmm, let's see i actually have been watching a little bit of it uh for the first time in a while Uh, i've been watching on the recommendation of my good friend aaron because she reminded me that it it was out and about and able to be watched uh, I've been catching up on what we do in the shadows, the TV series, um, based on the movie from Jermaine Clement and Taika Waititi, which Brandon, I know you've never seen, and you don't like Mr. Waititi's previous work, uh, at least what I know. Well, no, you liked Hunt for the Wilder People. Hunt for the Wilder People is a is a great movie. But you didn't. But you did not. Like but then Jojo I watched Rabbit. Jojo Rabbit, and uh, I think it's really hard to come back. <laughs> I think it's really, it's going to be really hard to pull me back from that. It's time I for think. you to rewind, rewind, and, and go to what we do in the shadows, which is a funny vampire movie. Um, but this American version is uh, exactly what it sounds like. It's it's an American television. I mean, it's the same cast, right? No, it's not actually. So oh. because in the movie. In the movie, what we do in the shadows, it stars Taika Waititi and Jimmy Clement, and one other guy. I don't know his name. Is it Jermaine or Jermaine? I think it's Jermaine. It's Jermaine. The but the TV series is Matt Barry. Isn't it the the um? Is it the the British guy from that one episode in season six of Community? Yes, that's the like name I just said. Matt, Matt Barry. So he's in the he's, he's in the TV me, series. He's a lot. He's known for more than that. He's like from Mighty Boosh. He's from IT Crowd. He's from Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. That's where he, I recognize him from. He has, he has a Toast of London is his like current show, I think, in the UK. And it was on the in the US. And he's got, he's great. He's a man of many talents. He's also a musician. Did you, hmm. I don't know if you knew that. And he, Ryan, our friend Ryan, posted a screenshot of him, of like one of his songs and was like, this is the, one of the best albums to come out this year. And I responded and I said, this is insane. This is a comedian. He's very funny. And he said, you're not the only person to tell me that. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't know that. Yeah. Know that uh, yeah, he's a music. He writes like, I'm pretty sure it's like, it's like psychedelic, like folk rock. Like that's the mu- kind of music he makes. Um, Sounds awful. Yeah, I don't know, dude. People love it. He put an album last year. But yeah, him. I'm just kidding. Uh, I'll listen to it. Him. Uh, Oh, Mark Proch, Mark Proch from On Cinema at the Cinema. Everyone mm-hmm. knows, everyone loves. Also in the office, uh, he's from Wisconsin. Uh, and then Natasha Dimitro, Natasha Dimitro. She's another British comedian. 
who's also on the other show I watched recently, Staff Let's Flats. Have you watched Staff Let's Flats yet, Brandon? No, I've just been watching Black Books. Wow, what the fuck? You're watching Black Books again? No, I've, I've made that joke. No, no. But I've been oh, watching other damn. stuff. But I'll wait for you to finish. I haven't watched it yet. I'm, d- I'm done. And then for movie, here we go. Here's <laughs> movies I watch. I watch movies for this week. I rewatch one of the movies for this week. Watch one of the movies this week for the first time. I watched Judas and the Black Messiah last week before it left HBO. And I watched Nowhere to Hide, Korean film on the Criterion channel. Pretty cool. Pretty fun. Pretty, pretty interesting. Lots of interesting shots. Lots of cool takes. Lots of cool cuts. Not necessarily a cohesive story, but it's fun to see it. Is, that in, is it in the, the Korean... Um, what is that collection called? I know what you're thinking of. New, the Korean New Age. The Korean, New Korean. Age Korean. Yeah. Is that, was that part of that? I think it's in there, it but it right? might not be in there. But I'm kind of bummed because I looked because I never heard of this movie before. I never heard of the director. And I looked into it and there was a, there was like a new 4K um, like release, re-release of this movie or like remaster of it that was um, I think supposed to be in theaters possibly last year, but it only really had like two screenings in New York and then COVID happened. And I think that kind of nixed it. And the, the version that's on Criterion is not the 4K remaster and if it is it looks terrible it looks like it's ripped from a dvd from 2004 yeah, that, that sucks but it's still but good. you enjoyed it it's still good um big ups one of the movies that uh, that we watched today also looks like it's uh, ripped from a dvd from 2003 um that's when the yeah movie came out, so. i know which one you're talking the about DVD probably came out in 2004 um i've been um so besides the, the the movies that we watched this week, um, I watched Scream for the first oh. time in a very very long time. Um, oh. I think we I think we've uh, discussed doing uh, doing a Scream series before. I think we had talked about that. Maybe yeah, some more Wes Craven stuff. I've seen uh, all the Scream movies in the last like I know six you, months. You very much like the Scream movies. I know that. Um, big ups to Scream, big ups to Wes Craven, RIP to the dude, uh, big ups to David Arquette, Courtney Cox, yay, Arquette, um, ne- Nev Campbell, right, it's Nev, Nev Cam- Campbell, Nev yeah. Campbell, big ups, uh, Ghostface, big ups, uh, Jamie Kennedy, big ups. Um. Yeah, it's weird when I, I like Steve Schreiber. Really, <laughs> when I like really love a movie and like the one of the co-stars is a uh, Jamie Kennedy. <laughs> yeah, but luckily only for only for the first two. So spoiler <laughs> alert for Scream Two. <laughs> um, I watched Scream and then I, I was I was telling one of my friends that I, I I just watched Scream and she was like, "Oh, I'm I'm named after the main character." Huh? And I was like, I was like, "Whoa, that's weird." Brandon, how young is your friend? Huh? How young is your friend? Didn't that movie come out in like 97? Oh, okay. 21, then that makes sense. Yeah. Um, Damn, that's nuts. Probably. That's nuts. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I thought, I just thought it was crazy. Um, That's the thing. Um, anyway. my name was Michael. I would tell people I was named after. Uh, um, I also Michael, watched uh, Michael Myers. Celine and Julie go boating. 
Um, Celine and Julie R go to visit Omar. Yeah. Um, a very uh, highly acclaimed uh, film from Jacques, uh, Jacques Rivette. Didn't uh, do anything it. for me. Didn't do a single thing. You um, loved it. You thought it was really funny. No. Nope. You thought um, this should be longer. <laughs> uh, nope. I died. I, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm too dumb to understand it. Um, I'm a dumb if, uh... American. Dumb American. Don't understand the move. The croissant. <laughs> Hello to all of our French listeners. Yes, uh, French listeners, if you can explain Selena, uh, Selena, Celine and Julie go voting to me. because um, And Selena. Because I want to um, know if her cultural impact had reached them. Is, uh, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't really, uh, I don't really get it. Um, Sometimes we just don't get things. Yeah, we just don't get it. It's the um, way it works. I yeah, so if you that... explain it to me, that would be helpful. Because I spent I, would... I spent three and a half hours watching it, and I, I want to get it, but I don't. Good news is it's kind of like a precursor to uh, Zack Snyder Justice League. Yeah, Double least... feature these those two movies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I guess I guess if I can make it through that, I can make it through the Snyder Cut. Um, I've also been watching uh, some 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 TV. Um, been uh, been watching um, Hannibal on Netflix because it's there. Um, just becoming more and more of a of a Mads Mikkelsen super fan. Um, wow, I want to watch his movie another round. Another round. It's yes on my it's on my desktop right there for me to watch. It got nominated for an Oscar, didn't it? Director? Uh, a couple Oscars, yeah. yeah. Did he get did he he didn't get a nom, huh? I don't think that he did. I don't think he has gotten one yet. Um it's he definitely deserves one. Up, huh? Um but speaking of him though, he's uh he's uh, a favorite of uh of Nick Ruffin, um, who we'll be discussing about shortly. Um We'll be I discussing that, about. We'll be discussing. We're shortly. discussing about shortly. Yeah. Aren't aren't him and uh, him and uh, oh my god, Metal Gear Solid guy, Kojima. Kojima. Him and Kojima are like buddy buddy too. Yeah. He, there's he's a, in Death Stranding. Like there's a bunch of photos of them like laughing and having a ball. Yeah. Um. There's a lot of uh pictures and videos of Mads Mikkelsen just doing cool stuff. Um. He's, he's great. Ch- he seems chill, and I would like to hang out with him. And I haven't really watched many things that he's in, but he's great, dude. You should watch. You should watch uh, Hannibal. It's very, very good. I've um, seen some of Hannibal. I know that uh, uh, Gillian, Jillian, and Gillian or Jillian. It's, I think Jillian, it's Jillian. Jillian. Yeah. Jillian Anderson is Hannibal. Is Hannibal's therapist? Yes. Yes. Um, you go. Hmm, everyone's the very thera- You go. Hmm, the therapist's therapist. Hmm. Real paradox, right there, man. Can't um, believe it. Yeah, no, it's really good. Uh, Mads Mikkelsen is great. Um, he's really hot. It's cool to watch him uh, eat people. Um, Do they? I so this show was on NBC, right? Mm-hmm, I think so. Do they let him eat people on TV? they let him eat people on tv like really eat people or he eat people like he a body part like he just has a body part on a plate he eat that 
Oh, he does a lot. He takes a chomp out of the guy. Um. Oh yeah, I'll hear. Be honest. Oh, so they see. So you see him cooking people a lot. Oh, he cooks them into like very intricate dishes. Okay. Um. But like, yeah. But like, yeah, you'll see him like taking a body part and like cutting pieces off of it. Hmm. Like I guess storm. it's not that yeah. crazy because like you can show way more violence on television than you can like say dirty words or nasty things. Yeah, I mean, like you can I'm, show you can show someone like cut someone's head off. It's they can't say like fuck. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I yeah, it's weird. But so as long as he's not cooking and he's like, "Fuck, this looks good." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that, that's fine. Um, but uh, I mean, we were kind of talking about this a little bit ago because I've also been rewatching Twin Peaks, boom, boom. and um, today I watched the uh, episode nine of season two. So the the Leland Palmer confession episode, and he says some pretty some pretty surprising stuff there. Um, so I mean the stuff I mean the stuff that you can get away with um, you know, now with like the Hannibal series, what the kind of things that they show. But like like I said, or I was telling you earlier, like in that episode, he he says some very graphic stuff. Um, yeah, it's messed up. Which I don't up. really it's feel like I want to. Re- I don't really want to repeat it here. Uh, no, um, you don't have to say it. Everyone knows this episode if you've seen Twin Peaks. It's when he, I believe, this is when he's sitting in a chair and the uh, five the sprinklers go off. If yes. I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. Great. Um, great when he says this, when he says this Ray-wise. particular thing, it's it's after he's uh, double entendre. It's after uh, he's rammed his head into the door, busted open his skull, and he's he's crying and coming to. Um, but uh, but I, I've been thinking about it lately, and it's just like and like I've been rewatching this and just paying close attention to Ray Wise and uh, and like this like has to be like one of the best performances in television history. Like it's he's so he's so good um, in every every single thing. Like um. And particularly, like when uh, you know when they when they first strap him to the chair, he's talking as Bob, mm-hmm. like about what he's been doing to Leland. It's like, it's uh, it's one of the most, it's one of the most terrifying things I've ever seen. Um, Messed up. Yeah. Um, yeah. When they add him, when they ask him if he if he killed Maddie, he's like, oh yeah, oh ooh, yeah, I think so. Ooh. It's it's uh, oh, uh um. But yeah, Ray Wise, good acting. <laughs> Ray Wise, good acting, great work. Uh, as far as I know, no, I don't think he, I don't think any, uh, it's fucked up. No, no Emmy, no, no Golden Globe. Ever? For him, not for him. Ever, for anything. I don't think he ever won one. If he didn't get one for Twin Peaks, I bet he never got one. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta check this out. Uh was he gonna get? Was he gonna get one Emmy. for uh, his guest appearance on Bones in two thousand six? His guest appearance on Mad Men, maybe even he was on Chuck Wilfred. He is in an episode of Comedy Bang Bang, so maybe he got one for that. So he won a daytime Emmy um, in twenty fifteen for, for uh, oh, the for Young and the Restless. For the Young and the Restless. Yeah. Um, that's what he got. Wait, hold on. Hold on. Daytime Emmy. We're, you know, we're, 
We're talking the prime time, Brandon. I, yeah, I know, I know. Um, oh, I'm sorry. He was. Uh, he was. Uh, oh no, he did. Yeah, he did win uh, for that. Uh, looks like he was nominated for uh, a SAG award for Good Night and Good Luck. Okay, SAG award patting themselves on the back. Oh my uh, god! But yeah, dude. I mean, almost, almost nothing. Yeah, it's kind of fucked up. I think he's got, that, so, like, he's got like some obscure, uh, some obscure, um, you know, awards from different different stuff. Like the Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror Films. He was nominated. He was only nominated for Best Supporting Actor for Firewalk with Me. Oh, jeez. Um, he was a he apparently won Best Vocal Ensemble in a TV special for The Killing Joke in 2017 or he was oh, part of that he was part of the ensemble oh okay yeah he was in like the animated yeah for the voice actors awards uh we don't have to get into uh... we should get into this more uh i do want to say that i believe that kyle mclaughlin uh is uh possibly the only actor from twin peaks that ever won i think he won like a golden globe yeah that sounds about right um byron i'm gonna do something that we haven't done before Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm gonna say we're gonna take a quick break, and then we'll be Whoa. back, and we're gonna talk about these. We'll movies. be right back. We'll be right back. Okay. Yeah. How, we are, so we're done. The, the um, ad's done. The ad is done. The ad is done. You will now. Um, you will now buy. Uh, who who do we want as our advertisement? Okay, so I think that we have a big enough audience that we can maybe get like, um, I don't know, Merrill Lynch. <laughs> Merrill Lynch, yeah, probably. Um, Lockheed Martin, yeah, Raytheon, maybe. I don't know something, something <laughs> ethical. Uh, we could build our birthday, uh, build our cake or something. Um, oh, my uncle! I got to say this on the pot. My uncle called me yesterday, and he wow. said, "Byron, I'm watching TV. Have you ever seen this movie called Napoleon Dynamite?" Wow. I said, "Yes." And he said, "Is that popular right now?" I said, "Yeah." I I said, "I've seen it." <laughs> That's all you told? Yeah, this is all that's all I said. And I said it's pretty funny. I haven't seen it in a while. And he said, Yeah, this kid just uh drank some milk. So I know what you're talking about. I've seen it. <laughs> um, I called my dad the other day. Um as it was a while ago. So I might have may have said it on the show before, but I called my dad one day and I was like, Hey, what are you doing? And he's it's like, uh, I'm watching this French movie. You ever seen it? It's called Amour. Why is my dad watching a Michael Haneke movie just like by himself? He loves it something it. he never would do. <laughs> was it was it on like HBO or something? Or like he, yeah, he like found it. He like found it on demand and just like put it on. I don't know. It was it was bizarre. I thought it was. Um, <laughs> I thought it was very cool. He didn't finish it. He watched like the first hour and didn't finish, hasn't finished it since. Damn. Um, that's cool. Although he said he really liked it. Um, he also has given Twin Peaks a shot. He's I think he's on the third episode. Whoa. Um, yeah, which is crazy. I hope he I hope he uh I'll try and see him through it. Um 
so Byron was trying to get us to talk about the Oscars. We're not going to talk about the Oscars. I guess I should have just said nothing at all. Uh, but yeah, let's, uh, let's uh, put it into the universe. So like now you universe. know that we know about the Oscars. We're not going to talk. About it. We'll do Oscars next week. We'll do Oscar predictions next week. Leave us alone. We can do an Oscar special, Byron. Um, nope. <laughs> Live stream. We can give our own Oscars. Um, the the tracksters. Do you know anyone named Oscar? Um, no. Me either. No, I don't know anyone named Oscar. I wonder if um, anyone does. I don't think so. I think it's a fake name. Um. <laughs> all right, let's uh, let's uh, let's uh, let's get into our to our discussion for today, Byron. We're okay. uh, so we're gonna talk about uh, some uh, Nicholas Winding Refn films. Uh, three names, two movies. <laughs> that's right. We should we should have done another movie. Could have put three names, three movies. Um. So. This is a guy. This is a guy. Um, he's definitely a guy uh, who. Uh, this is a. This is a man. Uh, you know, of uh, of of drive. He looking like a man of, of neon demon fame. Neon of, demon. Uh, yeah. Do we? The neon demon. Is this is this one that we say of neon of the fame of the neon demon? Uh, I think it had as a. I mean, it was his last film. At this point, um, More pe- this is this is the Neon Demon. The Neon Demon did the thing that one of these movies did, where it came out and people were like, "It's not Drive. I don't like it." Right? right. Yeah. Like, I mean, essentially, people just want Drive a hundred times, which is like, like I love Drive. I thought Drive was great, but like, I don't know. I'll save it for when we talk about one of the movies we're talking about. But the people, the audience, is the problem, not the director. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so uh, Refn himself, um, I think he has kind of a reputation of being a little smug, but I think as uh, as uh, we'll get into it, I think he kind of uh, deserves that. <laughs> he gets to do that uh, <laughs> uh, sometimes because um, uh, a lot of his movies are just very good. Uh, Bronson, of course, great, great flick. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. That's why that's the name. Uh, mine and Brandon's old crew. Oh, don't talk about that. I'm going to cut this out. I'm legitimately <laughs> going to cut that out. Um, <laughs> you don't want people to know about twos? No, shut up. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> we're not talking about that here. Um, well, the way you were, you, you framed it, anyway. I was going to say gang. That'd be oh, my God. Um Oh my God, I gotta transition this now. What oh, me and Brandon's say? old friends, uh, we used to ha- take the. No, you don't have to say sign. that. <laughs> the peace sign. No, this is you can cut it. You can just cut it to this. You just say um, our friends. Bronson became a joke between our friends. You just said that in there. Um. So yeah, Bronson, hey, hey. the Pusher series, uh, Pusher trilogy, uh, starring Mads Mikkelsen. Um, Valhalla Rising. I haven't seen. All of his stuff, but what I have seen, I am very interested in, and I am very much uh, a fan of what I've seen. So <clears throat> we're going to talk about two movies of his today. Is one uh, it, we didn't plan it like this, but uh, you know, they're both uh, directly a decade apart. Uh, we got one from two thousand three and one from two thousand thirteen. Um, so I think we're going to have a nice little uh, comparison here, Byron. Um, but uh, let's start off with uh, Nicholas. Refn's 2013 film Only God Forgives, 
starring uh, Ryan Gosling, Ryan Gosling, co-starring Kristen Scott Thomas, Kristen Scott, the Thomas. wonderful Kristen Scott Thomas. Um, and um, so this is a this is a movie that I. So the first time I watched it, I I watched it in the airport in Atlanta. Uh, wow. While weird I was, airport I was, movie. Yeah, weird airport movie. I was eating some pizza. Um, oh, that's fun. You know, back when you could just openly eat pizza in an airport. Back when you could just be um, in an airport <laughs> eating food, watching a movie, like, and you weren't worry about worried. It. <laughs> you were like, like you were you were you were so, scared for your life. You were so relaxed that you were like, <laughs> "I'm going to watch this. I'm going to be able to watch a uh, a violent movie here and not feel anything." Um, but the emotions of the movie and the food in my mouth um so yeah weird movie to watch in an airport while you're eating some some you know mid-tier pizza um it wasn't sparrow it was something else it was pretty good though i went back for like more like i got yeah i got a what i got a slice it was really good and then i paused the movie i packed up my bag i brought it back over there i I ordered some more food and i went back and sat down you said very good piece did you pay for it, or did you just say, "Can I just have another piece?" No, I definitely paid for it. Um, oh, wah wah we wah 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 we wah. Okay, um, but so yeah, this is a movie I I thoroughly don't understand, but I I maybe kind of understand it, but uh, I I love it regardless. Um, Byron, what's your uh, what's your uh, feelings on uh, Only God Forgives? I I I don't think you. Um... This is this is the movie I was talking about before, where people this this came out and people were like, yes, yes, like uh, these freaking weirdo perverts were like, give me more of this Ryan Gosling driving a car, you know, being a being a badass. Let me see it. And this movie has a lot of that. This movie has a strong, silent, scary Ryan Gosling emphasis on the silent. Um, he really barely talks through it. Uh, which I don't think is a fair criticism. I don't know about you, but I really don't see his character um, like having minimal dialogue as a problem with this movie. I wouldn't even say that he really has minimal dialogue. That's the other I mean, thing. He has this movie is only when... this movie's only ninety minutes long, and he talks probably every I don't know five ten minutes. Like he talks in almost every scene he's in. Like he may only have a couple lines, but he talks yeah but there's also a whole other half of the movie that's uh based around um uh chang the um the yeah uh, the 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 cop the like police officer if that's what you want to call him uh i we'll guess get into they, that more but we'll call him i don't i don't what would you, an enforcer i guess is a more yeah term. I, yeah yeah um he's the yeah, god we, in the title of the movie he's the, he's the guy yes, yes. that's him that's what the movie's about. Please just read the stats. Please just listen to the interviews. Please just watch the movie. Have a critical eye. Don't just look for a guy in a scorpion cool jacket that you want. You can want cool black and white t-shirts. You can want to sit in a chair and watch a person jerk off. Yeah, You can want that. And you can like jerk off to it later, I guess, or something. I don't really know what the kink <laughs> is in this at the, in, at this point. Maybe he's thinking off, or he doesn't touch it. Yeah, let's all right. Let's get into it. Let's uh, uh, 
let Byron, let's begin to cut Nick Reffin's hands off and send him to horny hell. Is that the um, thing? Is that why the hands get cut off? Because he's like, you don't need them anywhere. You don't really jack off. Like, <laughs> uh, so Nick Reffin in this movie, bisexual lighting king, um, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, of course, I mean, there's a basic premise of the movie. Well, I'm not going to go over the basic premise of the movie. Okay, you guys get this, it. You probably it's, it's, okay. Okay. Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling. He's over in Thailand. He runs a uh, gym. What is it? My uh, Muay Thai. Muay Thai. And uh, it's actually like just a front for for drug business. Him and his brother and this Irish guy run. And uh, brother does some real bad shit. Gets uh, <laughs> that's what we call it. I'm doing a motion across my neck as if I were being uh, neck was slit. Uh, his brother is killed. Mommy gets pissed, comes over to see what's going on. That's that's the essential plot. But that's let's uh, let's let's get thing. into it a little bit. I mean, so the 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 um, the driving event. Uh, the drive, better, yes. There's a yes. Uh, there's a better term for what I'm trying to say, but the uh, you know. Uh, the catalyst uh, for the film is um, Julia, uh, you know, Ryan Gosling, who plays Julian, his brother, um, uh, asked for some uh, pretty uh, heinous uh, sexual stuff. Yeah, absolutely um, terrible. Absolutely terrible. Um, and, uh, you know, which he ends up uh, doing. Um, but, you know, he, he kills a young girl in the process. Um, but uh, once you know, the police are, are notified and uh, Chang is uh, this uh, enforcer that kind of, you know, shows up, um, you know, to kind of see what's going on and, and bring the father of the girl there to kind of let him, you know, exact his revenge, I guess. Um, so Chang is kind of uh, playing this... Um, you know, and, and playing this godlike figure, right? I mean, that's that's what Refn told him during the during the process of the movie. He just said, "You are God. You know, act like God. These people are beneath you, and you have to, you know, speak to them with the, you know, with the emphasis that, you know, you are enforcing, you know, God's will and God's, you know, decision process. I guess um, God's plan is your plan." Yeah. So, I mean, so that's, so that's, so that's the catalyst of the movie, but um, we have a, uh, we have Ryan, Co- uh, Ryan Gosling's character, uh, Julian, who's, um, you know, uh, a, a great fighter, uh, so, you know, so we understand, but, um, you know, he's got this kind of uh, obsession with, you know, watching um, this sex worker, my, you know, just kind of masturbate in front of him. He's, so there's like a lot of focus on, you know um you know on the hands like you know of course he he like refuses to touch her i think until you know very later yeah but there's a lot of focus on the hands um uh, you know i don't really know what do you what, what, what do you make of that i mean i guess i'll jump right ahead to this part at least so you learn later on in this movie that um julian I, this is really what I think of it. Uh, sorry if I'm jumping too early. Julian killed his father with his bare hands um, when he was younger uh, at the request of his mother. And I think that this is just, he's just been having 
uh, it's just an internal crisis and some sort of um, inner inner uh, uh, inner conflict because of it. Probably his entire life, because now at this point, the way his life rotates is it's all about these fighters teaching other people how to use their hands. Um, you know, even in 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 drug and if he's working in the drugs, which are kind of I don't know about you. It seems like he's maybe become uh, disenfranchised from the whole uh, drug side of their operation, almost as if he wants nothing to do with it. But you see it multiple times throughout this movie where he's just, I think it's what, maybe in the first five, 10 minutes where he's sitting in a dark room, just staring at his own hands. Yeah. And then like, you know, the first time, and and the, yeah. And the first time we see Chang is kind of in like a, in like a dream or a vision that, that Julian's having where he's just holding out his hands and you know Chang's cutting him cutting him off mm-hmm. um there's a lot of, there's yeah now that I'm thinking about it even like you know there's a scene where Ryan Gosling is washing his hands right yeah he's hyper focused on his hands there's something that, that what he's done with these hands is just going to continue to eat at him and um be the thing that he's fixated on um until he can find a way to uh get some sort of release and i think that i won't we'll talk about the end of the movie later but i think at the end of the movie he is getting that release one way or another yeah and you know the the jumping around to reference other filmography like he does he just he you know, from what i've seen anyway he has like he does a lot of a lot of focus on hands like there's like the 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 hand stuff like comes from his earliest film in, in 2003 uh, that we're going to talk about in a, in a little bit it comes from fear x like there is um there is a you know a focus uh, yeah at least at one point in the movie where like we get the same shot you know we get the you know we get um and in, in that movie we get john Turturro, you know focusing on his hands and then clenching them up you know um it's just like we get uh you know several times here i mean bronson obviously i mean like yeah, that, bronson <laughs> that's the whole thing is his hands. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, Bronson is essentially the drive version of the character in this movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Uh, he's, uh, yeah. Uh, Madman on the loose. Yeah, he's Madman. Um, but yeah, but they're also kind of like, um, I don't know. We, he, I don't know. I think Raffin kind of portrays them as like this. Uh, you know they're like a they're like a they're a com it's a common body part and like you know in our view at all you know at all times like the same thing that we see the most but he uses them to kind of represent like the uh the the ideas and the actions that like that we retreat from the most i think um you know particularly violence being you know the main one i think mm-hmm. um but uh, let's let's talk a little bit about uh, Kristen Scott Thomas. Um, you know when uh, she plays Julian's uh, mother, who shows up after you know his brothers his brothers been killed. This is a this is a performance that is so <laughs> um, is so crazy to me. Like it's just it's just it's um, I don't I don't really know how to explain it. But she's she's just so um, she really just like has that really commanding presence but like she talks down to him like a dog you know like she's very yeah. she treats everyone in her life like absolute shit like and it, i think that you know 
maybe not with Julian, but his brother's name is Billy. Yeah, Billy. Right. Maybe something with Billy. It does. It does seem like there is some sort of. Um, they all have a weird intimacy. Yeah. I, like there might be some sort of in, in honestly like an incestuous um infatuation that his mom especially because at one point in this movie she's describing her son's penis um in detail just about Both how of them. how incredible it was um which is just not something no matter how close you are with your mother this is not something she's ever going to do yeah and she does ever. it on a on like a date no less um but uh but yeah i mean like the, the i mean but that that intimacy starts right away too it's like it's, mm-hmm. it was a really um it's a really uh, kind of gross way to to introduce the idea because you know when he walks into the hotel room to to see her she's sitting on the bed and she's kind of like hugging him from the waistline um yeah. and the and the position that you know that it's it's almost like a pov shot like he's like he's looking down at her and she's like down you know like at his waistline um but then like you know when she finally does like get up and they're hugging each other she's like um she's like rubbing his arm like kind of like up and down like his his uh you know like the grooves of his muscles and like she like she goes up his shirt a little bit it's just it's very it's like a very subtle detail a really subtle movement like when she she kind of like goes right around like his his uh his his tricep between his bicep and tricep and just kind of like lifts up his shirt a little bit it's it's so it's it's so bizarre it's just this the uh, most of the scenes with his mom i are just they're they're unsettling and they're uncomfortable um and i think that's per that's purposefully so uh yeah <laughs> that's really like that's really all i have to say on the on the mother um like she like you said commanding presence she is um you know abs talking down nonstop. and my the 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 sex worker that Ryan, that julian has a uh, relationship with even says to him after the dinner where she humiliated both of them she says, why do you let her treat you that way and all he has to say is because she's my mother that's yeah, it right. that's yeah he has, no, he has nothing else to say because yeah. my mother yeah uh he's kind of perplexing but I, you know but there's the that power, power dynamic and that kind of relationship where i think she just you know has a complete hold on him you know he's ready to he's ready to jump for her um at any minute but she's also ready to sell him out you know the show she does which, she, do, him, which she does yeah immediately as soon as, soon as she's you know put under confronted a yeah as soon as he yeah. has to pay for the consequences for her actions she immediately says well, i don't even talk to him i yeah. haven't talked to him since he left america <laughs> um, where he killed his dad just so you know <laughs> that's right yep um but you know as we learned you know she she's the one who drove him to do that um but yeah, uh, but uh, well, just let's go down uh, some more character. Let's talk a little bit about uh, Chang here. I mean, Chang is, um, you know, like the enforcer uh, god type, um, kind of like the, the the wrath of God, I guess. Um, and we kind of get and we get this in um, in Fear X too, where uh, where we we kind of see like the um, the where Refn kind of portrays the police as uh, like. Um, 
like a power like a power like more like the powers that be essentially like there is some kind of like um you know elevated meaning to what they're doing which but i don't think it's like propaganda in any way it's just like no it seems to have like um they seem to have like they seem to have like external motive that really particularly affects the life of you know one person or or a few or a few people in like a really existential way um but yeah, i think not, in both of not these. yeah but yeah like in fear x like you know like he, the, the the outcome of what the police do like completely changes the course of his life uh, but 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 you know here we have like the, the actual you know like representation as if they're they're they are something higher yeah and i think both of these do have some sort of um something to say about corruption within within police because you know obviously in in fear x it's the fact that these police have killed this man's wife with no repercussion on their end no no consequences faced in in this movie you know when the police first show up to the gym and they're told they said well what what do they want and they probably want money like they just throw money at the problem and the police aren't going to bother you yeah, what I really love about that scene, though, um, is that I think this is like the I think this is like the first. I mean, without I mean, like, because the film doesn't really outright say it too much. Like, there's a couple, there's like two instances where I think the film kind of really calls out the you know the the Chang is God aspect to it. And I think the the scene where they show up to the gym is the first one. Um, I'm sorry, there's three instances I think, uh, but the the gym is the first one. You know, well, you know. Ryan Gosling and the other guy are talking to the cops. Chang just kind of walks in and it's like oh, all, yeah. the, all, all the kids kind of like gravitate to him, you know. Start um, bowing. They start bowing and he's just like talking. It's kind of, they don't they don't show you that you don't hear anything of what he's saying, but he's kind of like speaking to them in like um in like a almost like a Christ-like way, you know? Like it's, it, it is it is very like reminiscent of like, you know, like of like you'll see like the you know the the artwork of christ talking to children you know like the you know the way that people just flock to him and he would just kind of you know speak and they just kind of stand there and listen it is very much reminiscent of that um the uh there's there's a couple other times there's um there's also like i mean even in that same scene he walks he walks by and the police are talking to, to julian and he just says that's not him and that's it it's like the word of God, like okay, yeah, yeah, we're moving on. It, it is very much like that. He doesn't have to say much. Um, the uh, the other instances, like when they're when when Chang and Julian are finally having that fight. I mean, we could already see that. Just you know, Chang doesn't take a single hit. You know, like he is just completely above Ryan Gosling or Julian in every way. But as they're fighting, you know, it is like, it is flashing back to like the, the statue that they have in, in the gym, which, yeah. which, which to me, it seemed really bizarre because it seems to resemble Chang a little bit. Um, you know, it's, it's like, it's like flashing from Chang in the fight to, to the idol, you know, it is kind of like, what uh, is, do you do you know almost, what that uh, statue like, is uh, supposed to be? Is that like some sort of? I don't know. I don't know. But I, I it the way I see it is that you know the uh, movies have a lot of religious you know symbolism and imagery. You know, like they'll flash to like Christ on the crucifix when they're trying. You know, when they're trying to portray some kind of like uh, 
some kind of likeness or some kind of comparison to it, you know, like they'll, or, or just kind of evoke the feeling a little bit, you know, they'll kind of show, we've seen this shot a hundred times where it's just like, it's kind of like a, from a, you know, it's a, it's an upward angle where the camera's, you know, kind of just at the mid range of the body kind of shooting up to the face. Like we see that, that, uh, you know, that shot of, of Christ on the crucifix a lot and, you know, pick any movie where, you know, where, you, where you're going to have some kind of religious symbolism, you're going to get a shot like that. Um, sometimes it's, you know, it's from a, a slightly above, but a lot of times you get that same shot. Um, so I think that's where it's coming from. The third one, which is actually my favorite, um, I think is when, is just before the fight, actually. Um, you know, where they're, where they're in the restaurant and the the one cop walks over to Ryan Gosling and and says, you know, do you know who that is? Like, yeah. You know, like, do you know who he is? Um, and it very much feels like a, you know, like, um, you know, that common, like a common, like, Christian, you know, refrain, like, you know, have you heard the good news or, you know, have, you know, have you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior? You know, something like that. It feels sure. like a, it feels like a, a common yeah. Christian refrain. And it makes me wonder, like, you know, that, like, with that, like, that is, like, both the God um, adding to the whole God theory and then also just, like, Chang could very well be just a, a former fighter and, like, he, you know, that's that, like you said, that statue looks like him. It really could just be a statue of him when he was younger. And yeah, yeah, partially, that's what I, Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say, partially be why the offer is made to fight. Uh, that was the other thing I was gonna say. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, and that's what I, that's what I love about it is that it does have a very, you know, literal um aspect to it, but does it have, you know, that, you know, that, that other meaning mm-hmm. behind it? Um, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say, I guess another scene that kind of ties in here is this scene where they go to the, I guess it's like a junkyard and uh, Chang makes that guy whose face he just burns with scalding hot oil show him who ordered the hit and, you know, he uh, seeks, he uh, he tells the guy because um, what is it, the guy's begging for his life, begging to save his child and um I'd, he doesn't end up killing the child, but he does slice this dude directly in front of his son. Like, he yeah, kill, he does kill this guy directly in front of like an eight year old. Does he kill him? I thought he didn't kill him. I thought he just made the. Him. Oh, I'm talking about the guy who's. Oh, yes, that's right. Slits his chest open. Yes, he does. Um, kind of showing, you know, the wrath of God, like almost like a warning. You know, this is, you know, if you do anger god if you go against his word this is what's coming yeah yeah no yeah you're absolutely right um and i think i think what the movie also does though is that like it um it 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 takes it's like it's an idea of like a failed iconoclasm or like failed Mm -hmm. deicide it's like it's very much like a like a rebelling against god but it's just failing at every turn. Um, and, you know, I just, I, I, and the way that he judges uh, Kristen Scott Thomas at the end, you know, it's like he gives, he, he listens to her. He, he gives her essentially every chance to be honest with him. But, you know, once she kind of blames it on Julian, you kind of see him, you can kind of see him decide, you know, um, that, you know, 
that she's, a, a, you know, kind of beyond forgiveness at that time. That's that's when he kills her. Yeah. Um. We also do have, you know, in that scene, um, Ryan Gosling showing up and the sword is there, and he kind of picks that sword up and and uh, and uh, you know stabs her again in the womb. Um, puts but, his hand. Yeah, which again, I think it really, you know, it, we kind of see the the like the phallic, you know, the using the using the hands is kind of like a phallic device, um, because he does have that that really, you know, the um, bizarre intimacy, you know, with, with his mother that that relationship, and it's like it, to me, it's like his brother had that relationship because she, she does say like he was always jealous of Billy and what they had, and it's like of what of what his mom and billy had and what well i guess what we can glean from what his mom and billy had was like an incestuous relationship mm-hmm. and julian is finally you know, symbolically obviously but he's finally getting to get that which you know so he kind of puts the you know he he stabs her and puts his hand in it's kind of like he's finally getting to and i hate saying this but be inside her you know um back to the womb baby yeah um he's getting in them guts yeah, and apparently, I don't, apparently, I heard Ryan Gosling's uh, idea. Yeah, Ryan Gosling. I, 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 and look, we're talking about this. All these takes are probably very lukewarm. I'm sure a hundred podcasts have talked about this a hundred times, but a hundred no. thousand no, 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 times. No, no. But uh, it's no, a good movie, and we like it, so we're gonna talk. Yeah, about we're it. no, we're the first um, people to talk about Only God Forgives. Like I said, to, to, to I'm me, definitely the first person to watch it in Atlanta airport. You might be too many haters on this one again i can't stress enough people that say nothing happens in this movie you just no, that's dumb that's a dumb movie. thing to say you, like people um. say wow 90 minutes like oh, oh this 90 minutes of nothing no this shut movie, up this movie has this one of the a, most this is a better movie than drive most, uh, yeah this yeah this honestly it's I it's a think, better movie than drive I think it might be his might, best movie this uh, sorry, it's sorry, it's his second best movie. This might be a better movie than Drive. This is easily one of my favorite roles that Ryan Gosling. It's I think that's what it comes down to, is just it's all the all the Gosling heads who love that uh that dreamy guy watching this movie and it's quiet for the first five minutes, so they're mad and they turn it off and they go back to I don't know, uh crazy mad in love, whatever whatever that love movie is he's in, but the CGI abs. They go back to that one. Crazy Stupid Love. Yeah. The one with Steve Carell. I've never seen it. Yeah. Neither have I. Exactly. I just know that it's it's just a weird uh I've never seen it either, but to me it just sounds like a weird cast. Steve I think they came out in like the Russell. same year. I think I truly think that these came out those came out like maybe a year or two apart. Uh crazy stupid love. Yeah, twenty eleven. This came out in twenty thirteen. So yeah, pretty yeah. close. Yeah. Um Two different. But um yeah. Anyway, what were we, what were we talking about? So, uh, but the, yeah, but no. The people who say that nothing happens in this movie, like this has this movie has one of the, like has a very one of my favorite scenes of uh, of all time, though, because you know when uh, Julian has the man who killed Billy like brought to him and like you know they put him in this room and he's just kind of uh, you know he's ready to kill him, you know, and um, they they tell him to start explaining. Um, and he starts talking, but it kind of fades. It just fades into the into the score. Um, 
you know, we don't actually hear any of the explanation, but we just got, we linger in that moment though of, of we, of we see the man just explaining and just kind of like trying to save his own life, but we don't actually hear the words, but we, but we understand like the mood, you know, we understand like the, like that we know what happened before. So we understand like Julian kind of accepting the context. I, I really, I really, really love that scene. Um, but yeah, I mean, with this film, I mean, whether you get anything from it or not, you know, I think there is, uh, there is a lot to get. Um, I think there's also like, you know, um, it's very loose, but I think there's kind of a, a very loose commentary on the uh, imperialism and appropriation. I mean, we got Americans, you know, in Thailand, obviously bringing in drugs and yeah, bringing in drugs, um, stealing the drugs, like, like just... fucking people up, forcing their way of life onto people. Um, yeah getting them wrapped up in, in their own violence and really all all chang wants to do when it comes down to it is the guy wants to sing karaoke <laughs> he does it's true um, it's true i, I want to talk about the karaoke a little bit but uh but one i more like thing. it but but we also have like a, a really uh, a large focus on like poor poor like natives in the community uh, you know that aren't the americans what i'm trying to say um the poor people like they have to take drastic decisions like to you know to like to live their life essentially i mean like we have the the guy whose daughter that billy kills like he says you know i have i have three daughters and and no sons like how am i supposed to you know he's letting his his children do sex work he's like how are we supposed to make money you know like that's why they're doing this and that's why they're you know essentially selling themselves to Americans, you know, specifically. Yeah. Um the two guys that um that try and kill Chang, um, you know, they are they're they're two poor guys, and one of them is like, I'm just trying to feed my son and live, you know. Um, so it's just like it's these Americans who are just like ruining this community and just pulling in the poor people and just wrapping them up, wrapping them and and uh wrapping them up in violence um i do really love that scene the when uh when he does get off the bike and start shooting into the into the restaurant um you know chang kind of dodging <laughs> you know yeah every single, array, every single bullet I mean, that's that's obviously another scene where you can kind of see he is kind of above humanity in, in some way yeah he knows exactly where to go to get the guy yeah it's uh it's 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 crazy but yeah uh, all he wants to do is uh sing karaoke do you have any thoughts on the karaoke is, is there something we're supposed to uh to to understand from that I, I, maybe i'm just re- trying to reach too hard in, in, in understanding but i think it could um, i think it could be just like i mean either way this is how this guy yeah and first of all it's cool second of all it's how this guy like relieves his stress but also it could be another thing where it's like this is him preaching to his people because think yeah. think about it, those every scene when he sings karaoke every single person is watching him yeah they're very attentive everyone is watching children him in the gym yeah yeah exactly exactly that's the deal <laughs> um it reminds me of I, I don't know why it reminds me of, of this but i'm but it reminds me of the uh the ending of uh, Uncle Boon Me, where they're kind of, where they're just, they're sitting in the restaurant and there's this, uh, this very specific song playing. It feels like he could be 
like that song could be playing in this movie too um but nonetheless um yeah no I'll, uh, only god forgives uh good movie uh losing track uh stamp of approval two thumbs way up <laughs> way up your ass bitch go check it out bleeping that too <laughs> streaming on hulu currently streaming on hulu yes um i did st- I, I i will say though i i started to stream it on hulu um and then i remembered that i that i had it on blu-ray so i popped the blu-ray in and uh for whatever reason the blu-ray looked was so much better than it did on hulu damn i would have um, loved that i don't have it you um it's you can get if you want to order it on amazon it's like seven bucks Okay, you're gonna order it for me. send me a copy of it. Okay, hello. Okay, I'm gonna wait for it. <laughs> do right, you know? Do you, I'm waiting for it right now. I'm gonna go sit by my mailbox. Yeah, this is um, this is not related to this, but it is also related to this. Have you ever seen Ryan Gosling's directorial or, yeah, his directorial debut? Have you seen Lost River? Lost River, I have not. Starring Christina Hendricks. No, I haven't. I really want to watch it though. I don't think it. I don't think it was critically. It was not received um, well. I know. No, that. but I remember that he he, uh, he was filming it in Detroit when I was in Detroit at one point, and um, we went to see if we could find him. We couldn't find him, um, obviously. But uh, Aaron, at... again, listener of the podcast, Aaron had like she's she is really good at finding celebrities she's met gary oldman she's met aaron paul um she's met a lot more than that that i can't remember tom felton uh some other ones but she's she's pretty good at figuring out (laughs) shooting schedules and where they're going to be i don't know if she reads like um hollywood like tip websites or what but she had a she had an exact location of where we had to go where they were supposed (laughs) to be filming that day um i think that uh, i think that is what she does former guest uh friend of the show i don't know if you mentioned that but she's been on the show several times yes former guest friend of the show um editor editor at large of our podcast hello aaron i know you're a faithful listener uh she's uh one of the seven i'm sorry if i can't remember any of the other celebrities you've met (laughs) um Lost River uh, has uh, Ben Mendelsohn in it, who I who I really really love. Um, he's really so good. Um, I think he's good in Lost River. I, I'm gonna hazard a guess to say he's probably good in it. I haven't seen him in anything bad. Um, this could be your chance. Uh, the Outsider on HBO. He was uh, stars in that. He's uh, absolutely incredible. Let's move on. Byron. Oh, let's. Uh, wow. Okay, before we move on, I want to say one thing. Shara Shar- Ronan is in it. Yes, she is. Is that how you say it? Shara Sha. You gotta Sarah-sha. say it with an Irish accent. Sarsha, or is it Sersha? <laughs> I don't know. It's the, I say Sorsha. Sersha, we'd like to have you on to tell us if we're saying your name right. Thank you, Sersha Ronan. Moving forward, uh, we are going to talk about a movie starring John Turturro. <laughs> yes. Uh, let's yeah. Let's move on. Not to, as hard uh, to say. Not as hard to say. It's still a little hard, but yeah. Let's move on to Reffin's 2003, his first English film. Um, Fear X, starring um, John Turturro and James Remar. 
Um, and a bunch of Canadian scre- actors. Screenplay by um, Requiem for a Dream writer. Last exit in Brooklyn, Hubert Selby Jr. This is the last thing that That's... Hubert Selby Jr. ever wrote. Right. Did you know that? Yeah. It's yeah, nuts. He came up with the title when he was listening to his two favorite bands, Static X and Fear Factory. <laughs> Just so everyone knows. Um, I think uh, I think the movie kind of has an unfortunate title. Um, and the, by the way, this movie uh, named Fear X, Static X, uh, uh, album breakthrough album named Wisconsin Death Trip. This movie takes place in Wisconsin. We don't know where in Wisconsin. It's actually filmed in Canada, but whatever. Place in Wisconsin in a but, mall. Precursor to Paul Blart Mall Cop. Right. Byron, um, the first Wisconsin set film that I think we've discussed, that we're discussing. Damn. What's next? Um, Dogma? Do they go? Oh, they do go to Wisconsin. Dogma opens in Milwaukee. (laughs) That's right. Um, Yeah, we can talk. I I do want to talk about Dogma eventually. (laughs) Um, But yeah, uh, but, uh, you know... um, you don't get a lot of films set in Wisconsin, so it's uh, it's great to have one. Um, the only films that essentially are set in Wisconsin are like any Dahmer film. <laughs> yeah, the Dahmer movies. Uh, technically, in Wayne's World, they go to Milwaukee to see Alice Cooper. Yeah. Um, oh, um, and Tommy Boy, uh, he's at uh, Marquette, right? No? Yeah. 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 Yes. Um, so the, the first half of Fear X uh, occurs in Wisconsin anyway. But um, yeah. anyway, Byron, this is uh, a movie that was not well received at the time. Refn kind of sees it as a, a complete failure, both financially and, um, you know, artistically. Uh, <laughs> Refn does not like this movie. Uh, I, however... Um, think that it's absolutely incredible um i will give a shout out to um marcus pin of pinland empire and zebras in america podcast who has championed this movie over the years uh finally you know a couple years ago i finally just uh you know decided to watch it fell in love with it um it's uh it's a very very special movie i think um uh, definitely, I think is Revan's best movie. Um, but uh, I, I, I'm, I'm curious to know what your initial thoughts are, Byron. Well, I'll go back to something that you said earlier. This movie, at least the uh, version of it that I watched, looked like a DVD from 2004. Yeah. It really um, needs I didn't really research story. anything. Was this was this filmed on digital video? This was um, this it doesn't seem like I don't think it was, but it just it looked so rough. I know um, that there is a 35 millimeter print of uh, somewhere. Um, but uh yeah, this this movie, let me look at my notes. Yeah, I I I mean dare I say this is this film almost has a um a Lynchian vibe to it? Do I even dare say that? Look, um, I mean, I think we can both. I think we both recognize that it 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 
especially now it, it, it feels very um, icky to call anything Lynchian or to, to compare anything to David Lynch because people just uh, will find anything slightly strange and call it Lynchian for no other reason. Um, then it's, it's filmed in black and white. <laughs> but the, this film uh, does have kind of a lot of ties to like Eraserhead, uh, but also I mean, to, like, I, 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 it feels very Lost Highway to me. Yeah, that's um, what I'm saying. Like I and I even I sent you. Um, this isn't Lost Highway related, but I sent you uh, a, a, a photo. I was watching it, and uh, John Turturro sitting in that lobby. I said uh, Black Lodge, more like Red Lodge. He's in a red lobby. Yeah. Uh, well, there, well, there's a lot of, there's he's a lot sitting, of like the, sitting there, um, dressed almost like Dale Cooper uh, in his like relaxed gear into a peak. Yeah. Like, no, he is, and, and you uh, know, and he's uh, and he's in, you know, he's in the hotel. He's in a strange. Room. He's in a hotel. He's in a strange town. He's uh, unsure yeah. what any of this means. He's um, but mostly the 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 like the things that I feel like um maybe even think of saying that term are are these cuts where he's in a dark hallway and he doesn't know um you know there's uh, some sort of force coming towards him some sort of uh i don't know um whether it's a person or a demon or some entity and he wakes up screaming um and then you know i think that correct me if i'm wrong is is it both uh the police officer and John Turturro who both have scenes where it's them um, maybe not them but it is uh, like a red almost like a I don't know like a like some sort of sack that they're or some sort of um, you know what I'm talking uh, yeah, about? Yeah, like, I know. Like it, they're it, like it, pushing much, against it, like yeah. It almost is kind of like it looks like a. It kind of looks like a like a whole human face, like a grown yeah. human face, kind of like pushing out through like a womb or something. That yeah. is what it looks like to me. I think it's supposed to maybe be somewhat representative because his wife was pregnant when she died. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it, that's yeah, that's supposed to kind of say, harken like, back to that embryo, um, something with the womb, but. but those but, shots, like shots like that, intersplice between throughout this movie are, are the things and, that and, make me even reckon to to David Lynch um, influencer vibe. And um, right, uh, sorry. Um, no, that's but fine. yeah, but it has, a, but it does have like a lot of uh, you know the like the like the like the the ominous whooshing that you know David Lynch is, is famous for. But uh, but oh, if we're if we're gonna you know say that it is you know somewhat in comparison to lynch it's like it's like the it's like the obsession with um not just like um analog tape but also like sur- like the act of surveillance like the act of taking a life um you know like how that how that affects um a person in kind of like um an elevated existential way and kind of like an you know an un you know, in a way that kind of shakes them to like uh, an existential horror, you know, like our um, the also the idea of like, you know, people never existing, but you know, the, them kind of, act, you know, acting out their, their, um, you know, working out, working out their issues or, you know, violent acts on a person who like doesn't, you know, actually exist on this plane. There's like an aspect of that too, 
um, you know, as we find out that they couldn't find James Remar's body. I think there's a very specific way that David Lynch deals with horror and violence and time um, that I think that you can probably ascribe to this as well. There are two things that I will that I will say are are quote unquote Lynchian and, and kind of defend it. And that's this and some of the Adam McGoyan movies. Um, those are the, the, the couple things that I will kind of comfortably ascribe at uh, that, that definition too. And you don't think any of the, of David Lynch's work is Lynchian. That doesn't count. That, no, a, um, no, absolutely not. Uh, yeah. It does not. Um, but yeah, uh, this movie is uh, kind of like, uh, I just to say one other thing, like that's like kind of like a, something like Lynch, you know, like it's what, what, what are we seeing? What is real and what is unreal in this movie? What, what are we seeing that is, is real? What are we seeing that is, I don't know. The dream is a big thing David Lynch works about. And I don't know what this movie has a lot of, you know, uh, what is the, the dream? Because yeah, like the dream, the most, the like John, yeah. yeah, like John Turturro in his house, um, you know, you're seeing what is it? His he sees his wife, like in he the sees kitchen. his wife, yeah, um, like, like he sees his wife, like outside going to going to this the, house, going or well, going to the house across the street. You know, it's going um, to the house. Do 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 You know, yep. Not only David Lynch, but David Byrne. That we have both. Um. But uh, you know, let's give a let's give a, a quick description of, of the movie because uh, we have, we're talking about a lot of ideas about it. But uh, for anyone who's listening who doesn't have any idea what Fierce is about, it's um, John Turturro uh, currently works as a mall security guard who is very vigilant uh, at no his job. No stealing, no um, stealing allowed. However, his um, his wife was murdered in the parking lot of the mall. Yeah. Um, while he was so he was supposed to meet her there um you know and he's just kind of uh he's trying to figure it out he's trying to solve the mystery because the police aren't uh haven't been very uh helpful um which leads him to another town um where uh you know he runs into james remar's character um uh, you know and then uh some some things ensue uh what uh what uh so the first thing i noticed about this is that the the, the amazon transfer that they have as it is streaming on amazon prime right now it looks like mm-hmm. absolute shit this film really deserves like a very good uh restoration and a transfer because it really is like there are great shots it's a beautifully framed beautifully shot movie um so it really deserves that. I hope we see that at some point. Um, but, um, you know, after, you know, we see kind of um, Harry, uh, that's John Turturro's character. His name is Harry Kane. We, you know, we kind of see his house. He's got, uh, he's got, you know, he's got clues taped to the wall. Um, he's, he's running videotapes that he gets from the mall to, you know, on his, on his TV. And when he kind of finds something, um you know suspicious he he like takes it he takes a picture of it from a digital camera onto his tv so it's like you know it's like he's getting he's he's focusing on these these images of faces that are like so blurry like you cannot you cannot 
possibly oh, yeah, make like, out what it is. You know, it's who it yeah, is. Absolutely none of these photos that you're shown in this movie are like clearly like a, able to be identified. Even when the even when the police are like, here's the guy that killed your wife. It's just and a blurry image. Yeah, it's like six pixels. <laughs> and they're like, you know him? Yes, I mean, that's that's another kind of like a indication between what's real and what's not. But um, Harry eventually, um, he he goes to, he he notices something odd about, and he's kind of having visions about the, the house across the street from his and his like mobile home complex. Um, and he he breaks in and finds undeveloped film of um, what events uh, eventually ends up being James Remar's wife and and their son. Um, so he gets the pictures developed, and he is able to locate the town, um, you know, uh, by a diner. Uh, but before we get into that, um, there is there's a particular scene that I think is very important in the movie, as when the police bring Harry in when they find him. You know, when they when they find you know the the video of the man who killed her yeah um the way what this uh, this scene like I, I think really sets in a, a part of the the tone of the movie and it's something that like, like definitely carries through to the rest of reference filmography definitely only god forgives um they there's a lot of very specific very like intentional like ominous line delivery like the cop who's interrogating him is giving him and then there's these very of these like very long drawn out um uncomfortable pauses between you know the question and the response and then after like you know there's the same empty space between the response and the next question so it's very much so it's very much like God for, only God forgives in that way because it's just like it's it's immersing you in in, in tone more than it is like giving you solid story. Um, but that particular scene, we, we it kind of starts from there, and we kind of we see more of it. Um, but um, uh, yeah, I mean what what I love, I, what I love about this movie so much is just like the, the, the casting is so great. I mean, even from that, that, that cop in the interrogation, like he's so good. I, 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 I've never seen that actor perform in my life. I don't think. No, like I said, I think a lot of these people, cause I think a lot of them are just Canadian actors that you're not going to see in typical Hollywood. Right. Don't, like you might see him in a TV show once in a while, but even then, like, most yeah. of the stuff you watch probably isn't from the Canada, realistically. Yeah, and like, um, yeah, so like that scene in particular is, you know, he's so good. And then there's another scene where we see James Remar talking with another, you know, group of cops. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? The, the, like the police chief and the other guy when they're having their kind of like secret meeting. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, there's like, there's like very specific wine readings there too like uh like very the the police chief has like a like particularly very like stressed dialogue with the way he's talking to him it's 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 very hard to to pinpoint exactly what i mean without uh without hearing it um but 
I think you I think you maybe just gotta go back and listen. But um what I do also uh, the 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 set design is also great. Like James Remar's puffy jacket is uh I like puffy jacket. <laughs> I like that the Seinfeld puffy the big puffy jacket the the, the George Bears George. Yeah. It's like that. Um do you know G- James Remar from from anything? Um, because like when I saw him in this, I'm like, he looks so familiar, but I, I can't really place him to anything. Let me take a look, see. I really don't think I I can name anything because I can I can guarantee you just hearing his name, I'm just like who. But do you know you um, know who I'm talking about. Oh yeah, I, he's he's the cop. I know yes. I know he's the cop in this movie, but um like when I saw him, I was like, I have no connection to this man. Yeah. Okay. The, uh, so he was. Here's the thing. He uh, played Dexter's father in the TV show Dexter. Mm. So if you like that, that might be where you know him from. He's also in the Warriors. Apparently, first thing on his uh, like IMDb is War the Warriors. Huh. Okay. Um, and then as far as like a movie that he was in, Hellraiser Inferno. Brandon, I haven't seen it. He's in Duplex. The, see that the Ben Stiller Drew Barrymore movie, directed by Danny DeVito. Yep. Wow. And Justin Theroux is in it. He's in Blade Trinity. Wow, another David Lynch connection. <laughs> <laughs> uh oh, he's in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, he's uh he's in one of the one of the bounty law uh parts, I think. Oh, is he? I believe so. Um, there's a there's another very like very specific line reading is the the hotel clerk, you know. Um, he's like, uh, we offer we offer very. Uh, I don't remember what he says. Like we offer high value entertainment here, something like that. Um, he said we offer. I think he believed he said we offer a variety of entertainment. Oh yes, like yeah. We offer adult. Um, we offer full service entertainment. I don't know something fucking weird where I was like, that dude, that dude fucks. <laughs> um, we also, but there's also like this, uh, this like when we get to James Remar's character, it's a very uh, stark contrast. It's like a, it's a very quick shift it's like right in the middle of the movie you know it's like it just we shift away from from harry and and right into to james remar's character I, i'm i think his name is 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 pete in the movie um peter yeah his name is peter um and then a lot of the movie is then essentially the rest of the movie until the very end is from is from his perspective i mean um yeah almost all of it so because what we come you see you see him his house you see his family you see him at work and then I mean you kind of switch back to John Turturro when like the phone like when he calls him on the phone right but yep. up until that point you're just following him right um, so you know we kind of, we see him uh, kind of uh, begrudgingly accept this award that. Uh, you know, he kind of feels like he doesn't. Uh, maybe it seems like he doesn't kind of deserve or 
maybe he feels that but it, think, yeah you know, at this point i think at the point when he's getting this award he really doesn't give a shit about about it at all but he's kind of just like yeah this is for me and then he finds out hey this dude wants to know like about random dude in town has a yeah. question about your wife and has a photo of her and uh i think your jig is up dude yeah, so you know, after after that, we see him at home, you know, talking with his wife about uh, uh, his wife, played by uh, Deborah Kara Unger, um, who's uh, who's really great. Um, you know, she he kind of tells her what's going on, and and he, she suspects him of of uh, you know of cheating on him or of cheating on her. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we come to find out later that he he went to. Uh, he went to Wisconsin to kill a corrupt police officer, and um, and uh, Harry Kane's wife was just there, I, I suppose, and he she got caught, you know, in the crossfire, and he's feeling a tremendous guilt about it. Like he's, you know, it, it is not like he, you know, it was an intentional murder, but he is he did, you know, he has gotten away with it, you know, um, essentially. And um, you know he feels guilt about it, but he doesn't. He, he's obviously not doing anything about it. And when he decides to, you know, make contact with Harry, he's. I think his intent is uh, his intent is to kill him. Essentially, to I think so. Wrap things up because um, so. he's. We we touched on the meeting with the other with the other police. They are having. They have some kind of secretive, cultish group where they're trying to where they're killing uh you know corrupt police officers all right um because they they uh, the one the one cop i think calls them a cancer the corrupt police officers are a cancer but again you know it's another it's another example of reffin kind of like portraying police as this as this force that has some kind of uh elegant uh, elevated uh purpose um but like i said i don't think it's propaganda i think it's it's definitely more of a of a criticism yeah or or, or they're just kind of used more like a like a like a tool for 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 driving crisis um Mm -hmm. like like one person but i mean that's that's very clear here um uh once james remar finally meets harry i mean that's kind of when we that's when we start getting like we start getting like the this you know we, I mean, we get even more tone right i mean we're, we're it's the first time that we're actually seeing like any you know action i guess in the movie you know for 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 a director who eventually goes on to shoot you know <laughs> you know make films like bronson and drive and only god forgives like there's only one you know quote action sequence in this movie yeah. um and the you know we have james remar um you know we have harry kind of coming to the conclusion that it was james remar who who, who kills his wife and we it's like and that that part is like is intercut is, is i love it so much i mean it's intercut with um you know like that that face coming th- you know coming through like the the womb kind of thing and the moaning like this like those sounds are playing as james remarsh is kind of standing there and you know 
and his guilt and and John Turturro is like you know holding his holding his face um uh but when uh when uh <laughs> when when Harry finally you know uh he's you know he's shot by James into the elevator James doesn't kill him. He can't bring himself to actually kill him. Yeah, he. But, that, but that's when we see that's when we see like the hand shot that I was talking about earlier. We're talking about and only God forgives. Like, you know, uh, Harry looks at his hands and you know slowly clenches them up and like pounds a fist back you know back up on the elevator. Um, but then it's like it's like it's cut. It's like a it's like a it's like yeah, it a, just immediately is. I don't know, like, it's just, it, it's it's done, and now all of a sudden it's almost like there's this gap in time, but also this gap in I don't, I don't want to say reality, but like there's no isn't this what the police say? There's no you, you're telling us you killed someone right, but we have so, no we have no body. So you're right, I think like there is like a, a possible gap in reality, but like Let's before we get there. Let's let's talk about how we get there. Like that um, that cut is like cut. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's it goes into that uh, into like that Stan Brackage kind of like the like the like the the film is like physically scratched and died, and it's kind of like a it's playing like a flicker film almost. Uh, you know, but mm-hmm. like you know Brackage that Brackage style. Um, and then it kind of cuts, and it's the it's the open corridor, the open corridor with the with the blood in it. Um, you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I have a cat down here that's pawing at me. It's oh yeah, no problem. Um, but you know, I mean, there's the obviously like a like a shining reference there. I think. Oh yeah. Um, Absolutely, because that was another thing where people were like, "This this film is." Uh, a lot of Kubrick is noticeable in this film. <laughs> I said, "Hmm, very interesting." Um, but yeah, I mean, like, uh, I don't can say you know, Refn is very in, in this movie very much into his influences, which I think yeah works, works well for him. It's um, not a crime. It's not wrong. Yeah, guys, it's not illegal. No, it's it's a good thing to do actually, um, and I like it. Uh, but yeah, but like you said, you know, uh, you know, there's that there's a gap in reality once you know Harry kind of comes to in a hospital um, and he's telling the police that he they killed someone. Um, they kind of step away and have a conversation, and they say he's, uh, you know, there's no evidence of a body of him, ha- you know, any committing any sort of crime. There's nothing on the surveillance tapes. Um, so I mean, yeah, I mean, so this ending is very much up to interpretation. I think that we can, I think you can ascribe like a, a a gap in reality to that. I think you can also, you know, uh, maybe the cops could also just, uh, you know, have covered it up themselves. That's how I choose to see it. Um, yeah, is that the cops are covering it up themselves, and that they ultimately, um, you know, have this way and and harry kind of moving on with his life um i mean harry sets out to search for the 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 why of of how his wife was killed and he goes through so much to get there but he never 
um, he never can. I think I think the ending he's you know as he lets go of all the rest of the pictures into the wind. I think he's finally doing what everyone is uh, is telling him to do. Like he's he's he can't make sense of it, and he's kind of yeah yeah. It's on. like that other you know that the guy who's been feeding him the tapes this whole time has been telling him like there's no you're not gonna you've been doing this for how long you don't need to be doing this anymore yeah everyone at work you know how it is everyone at work always tells you to fucking quit being such a dork and get back to work stop being weird stop worrying about your dead wife um I mean, this this kind of like it is kind of fucked up, right? Like, was, oh yeah, was, it's like it's like his coworkers. Insane. His coworkers are like nice to him, but they're just kind of like, can you just get over your dead wife already? Yeah, like suck it up, Buttercup. That's his boss, his boss is kind of a like a piece of shit. <laughs> oh yeah, um, it's it's very fucked up, um, but uh. Uh, any other thoughts, Byron? I feel like I've been I've been doing most of the talking on this one. Um, hmm. uh, do Do you think this movie is like a perfect film, like I do? I don't think this is a perfect film. Do you love it so much, like I do? I like this movie so much. I enjoyed <laughs> this movie. I didn't love this movie. Um, I I, I uh, like I said, um, this movie is fun. It's nice there's there's I, this is another one where like when i was reading what people had to say what people were like it sucks it's slow yeah. and um nothing happens I, I, yeah the, nothing yeah. nothing happens again i don't think that's right i think you might have a point the movie does move a little slow i would i this is one where i would say that for that for until we're like in that t- other town until we're until he finds the film and we're in that other town, it, it does almost feel like it took a lot to get there. But I digress. I haven't seen. I'll, I'll I'll just say it say it now. I haven't seen Pusher or Bleeder his his movies before this, but I I do see a lot uh, of things from this movie that are kind of that seem to kind of act as a template in uh, in his other movies. I mean. Hmm, yeah, the, I, I mean, like, uh, Bronson is its own thing, I think, but we definitely have like Bronson's a focus like on it. It, Yeah, Brian's like <laughs> holding uh, both his fists up in different directions. Um, but uh, you know, Bronson has, obviously has the focus on the hands, which I think we, Bronson's start, like this. <laughs> we start here, um, but you know, like the very immersive tone. Uh, I think we're getting a lot of that here. The the very specific dialogue patterns, we're getting that from here. Um, uh, the way that he kind of um, has like a like an authority figure kind of drive existential crisis. Uh, again, haven't seen Pusher or Bleeder, but I think we're getting a lot of that from here. Um, it, it, it's a... Uh, Refn is a is a director that I that I really find interesting. Um, even if you know not everything he makes is a is a is a is a, is a is a hit. I think people felt like the Neon Demon was kind of a miss. I haven't seen it. Um, Me I know There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of back and forth on his uh, his Amazon TV series. Too old to die young. 
Um, I I need to definitely get on that at some point. I didn't even. I didn't. I didn't. You didn't know that Am- that existed. Amazon. Yeah. Brandon, it's a series on Amazon. Brandon, what? We can't. We can't support. We can't. I know. Even though we both watch Furex on Amazon, we both yeah. use Amazon probably like all the time. Yeah, I know. Um, we talked shit on Amazon last week, and, and then we did. Like, we did. Or I did watch No Man Land, by the way. Um, and you like it? It was okay. It was fine. Mm. Ooh, uh, too too old to die. It'd be cooler if there were uh, dinosaurs in it. Ten ten episodes, thirty one to ninety seven minutes. Oh, Amazon said in twenty nineteen they do not intend to produce a second season. So just one one season of this. Uh, yeah, of but this. I think it's more so presented as a limited series. Well, that's nice. Yeah. Wait a minute. Miles Teller. Yes. The potato head guy. Potato head guy. He looks like a potato. Oh. <laughs> the Fantastic Four guy. Uh, we all look like a potato. Um, I gotta watch that guy. There's a there's one do, more thing. I gotta I watch say. that guy do art stuff. <laughs> I, is, he I've heard it's very good. Does he play drums? Does he at least play drums? Uh, yeah, he does. Oh, thank God. Yeah. All right, um, Brandon. Say your say your piece. <laughs> Wrap uh, it up. Did you watch the surveillance footage at the end? Oh, over the credits. Yeah. A little bit. Didn't pay. Didn't. So uh, what's in the, there? What did I miss? At the end, so at the end of the surveillance footage uh, through the credits, um, is like so when Harry is first given the footage of his wife being killed, we don't. I don't think we really we don't really see um, his. Uh, we don't really see the footage like in like one in one given shot i don't think like it's it cuts between it a bunch of times but at the end like we see the full footage and it is like very clear that um that whoever with james remar uh, you know supposedly um when he kills um harry's wife that he's doing it very purposefully um and then killing someone else so it's like it's um I, I I wonder if they're if they're possibly I mean because there's like too many coincidences right for them to for him to have not actually known her I think like they they Harry and his wife took a vacation in the town that he lives in uh, and then he you know kind of, he lived he stayed in the in the house across from theirs you know right at a, a few you know however many times i mean it's safe to to say i think it's been more than once um so it just it kind of adds like a it adds like a second layer to it right like it, it it makes it seem very intentional which um again i think you know you can read it however you want but it just adds a, another layer of of a uh, of interpretation to it i think um of whether you want to to see it as in like a gap in reality or more just kind of like an outside force kind of guiding harry's you know grief process or his existence it's uh right um 
anyway, I mean, even though you didn't, uh, you didn't love it. I'm happy you watched it. I'm happy someone else watched it. Didn't love it. But yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's nice to share a movie with a friend. Yeah. There's one thing that this pandemic has taught us. Is that? <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. Um. So, uh, let's uh let's get ready to close this uh this bad boy out. We've been recording for quite a while. Um next week so we gotta we gotta byron we gotta next interesting week, uh oscars round <laughs> <laughs> no we gotta we got an interesting uh interesting couple of weeks planned out i think i already forgot what we're doing next week so there's gonna be a slight change of plans um there's been a slight change of plans everyone so we are going to do um anno's shin godzilla we're gonna do Hideaki Anno, the greatest director in uh, in anime history. Yes, that's and uh, that's right. I mean that when I say that. By the way, he's he is the best. I don't disagree with you, even though I'm not a huge anime fan. But I can uh, accept that that's just probably the truth. Yeah. So we're going to do Shin Godzilla next week. Uh, as a kind of uh, primer for the following week where we are going to watch Godzilla vs. Kong. That's right. The show. That's right, dipshits. We're going <laughs> to watch it. We're going to watch the Godzilla vs. Kong HBO. Thank you, guys. Movie. Um, and it's going to be fun. It's going to be lots of roaring. Lots of chest pounding probably hollering putin hollering i'm hoping that it's uh a lot of fun and a lot of good stuff i i hope that combined it it is better than um i hope it's like kong skull island and like godzilla king of the monsters combined which would make like a like a i don't know like a i don't know i don't know like a like a movie like a 4.2 out of 5 maybe like you know (laughs) I, I have high hopes for this movie. I'm very excited for it. Very excited for it. Um, Godzilla's got to do some cool stuff, okay? Yeah. Yeah. Let Godzilla do cool stuff. Let Godzilla and Kong do cool stuff. Um, I'm Brandon. They should make an R rated Godzilla movie. Yeah, they should. I mean, this one should be rated R. Um, I'm Brandon. I've, I've, I said I've an R rated Kong. King Kong movie. That's what I said. There already is an R-rated Godzilla movie. I'm Brandon. I want to see it. R-rated Godzilla movie. <laughs> I'm, I'm Brandon. Uh, I want to see Godzilla's dick. Anyway. Uh, I'm Brandon. I've never uh, seen Colossal. Please, uh, please get vaccinated. Hey, if you can get the vaccine, you should do it because it is free and easy. Pain-free. And um, not what, easy. You- though yeah oh yeah it's it, trying to schedule <laughs> i've been trying to schedule a vaccine for like a week now and i just can't do it um i might not be able to do it right now but hey uh just call up call up your local walgreens your local um i don't know walmart probably has it uh cvs in some areas uh 
check with your county and your state health department. Please get a vaccine. Um, the more of us that get it, the quicker we get it, the quicker we get um, a little bit closer to normal. That's right. Thanks for uh, listening to our um, very cold takes on uh, Nick Ruffin. And uh, we'll see you next week for Shin Godzilla. Uh, bye. Bye.